Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Let's talk about what happens when we worry about someone's reaction to our portrayal of them. Now, whether we're basing fictional characters on family and friends, or in the case of memoir, exposing them completely, when we worry about how our story is going to be received by the people we're close to, well, that can stifle our voice and inhibit us and even sometimes stop us from writing our story. I'm Nancy Panuccio, and on today's episode of Writer Unleashed, we'll explore how to negotiate your desire to be truthful and your fear of exploiting someone. And I'll give you a writing prompt to bring it all home. So have your pen and paper handy and make sure to listen to the end. Writer Unleashed is for you. A writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Panuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. Joan Didion once said, writers are always selling somebody out. And that can make even the most intrepid of us jittery. So what do we do? We sabotage what could be our most powerful stories. We diminish the truth. We whitewash the story. We whitewash the truth. We restrain our voice. Or even worse, we crawl back into silence. But silence is not an option for any writer, and truth has a funny way of exerting itself. So first off, why do you need to tell your story? Well, why do we write? We write for connection. So we want to connect our heart and soul with other hearts and souls. We want to know that we're not alone, and we read for the same reason. Uh, we, We want to know that whatever we feel, there's there's a universality of, of things that we all feel. And we write and, and read for that connection to connect uh, our humanity, to, to know that we're not alone. Number two, we write and we read for deeper self-knowledge. Uh, we, we try to excavate our lives in a way and, and express it on the page. And it's always a vehicle for us to understand how we view the world, uh, you know, what makes us tick. Uh, we're always trying to understand our past in a way, whether we're writing fiction or memoir. And number three, we write 
and read for empowerment. Now, most of us write to heal some broken parts of ourselves to make sense of what's too painful, confusing, or complicated to wrap our arms around. Now, writing can help us reframe our past in a new context, and it allows us to interpret events in a way that puts control directly into our court. Through story, we actually rewrite our past, and that's empowering and healing. Now, at a writer's conference I once attended years ago, Katherine Harrison, who wrote the memoir The Kiss, spoke about writing about her consensual affair with her long-lost father, with whom she reunited when she was 20. Now, Obviously, this was risky territory, and it was hardly a flattering portrayal of her father or of her. In fact, her husband wasn't too keen on her writing this story. He didn't want uh, her to be known as that woman. And other people around her said, okay, write it for yourself, but then you know, put it away in a drawer. So a lot of people around her thought the story was too scandalous. But she did write this story, and she published it, and so why did she write it? She didn't write it to out her father or to get her comeuppance. She wrote it because she needed to figure out what had happened to her, to understand what emotional void had sent her down the path that made the affair with her father even possible. She had to write it, she said, because it became in as she said, an untenable burden to live with such a huge formative part of one's life undisclosed. It was damaging and it required an enormous amount of energy to keep so large and toxic a secret locked inside. She had to understand her own part in her story. Now, secrets are corrosive. They leak. They leak into every other area of our life, our relationships, our health, our self-esteem, our, our own self-power. So we need to unload them. But more to the point, number one, we don't really have a choice in what we write about. We're compelled to write about certain things because their understanding continues to elude us. Writing can help us excavate childhood trauma. We could heal from a failed relationship or create poetry and wholeness and some sense of staggering beauty out of chaos, heartbreak, and confusion. So for many of us, writing is salvation. But to write with honesty and power, we need to include the people who had a hand in that journey. Our lives are inextricably linked to the lives of people we're closest to, and it's likely they won't exactly love your interpretation of them. It's deeply uncomfortable to have someone else's interpretation of us immortalized in print. But here's how some writers I know deal with this thorny issue. One of my mentors who wrote about his sister's mental illness who had died showed the galleys of his manuscript to his mother for feedback. 
A student of mine used a pen name. She was writing fiction or thinly veiled memoir about her husband and child. So to protect them, she changed their names and her name. Another student who wrote a memoir about his mother's drug abuse shared drafts with her throughout the writing process, and this led to some profound healing between mother and son. Now, what was great about his memoir was the compassion he felt for his mother, and this really came through in the story. It was one of his superpowers as a writer. Sue Silverman, who wrote about being abused by her father as a child, wrote about it after both parents had died. And this was after trying for years, by the way, to write about her experience as fiction. And it never really worked. And finally, her therapist suggested she write it as memoir. So maybe you're not comfortable with showing drafts and galleys to the person in your story, or maybe your people are still alive and you're still hesitant. So number two, write with compassion. Now, often we're motivated to write by strong emotions. We have anger at a parent or fear or there's loss. Maybe someone wronged us or abused us. But one of the missteps when we're first writing our story is to fall into this victim mentality. So uh, or or we want vengeance of some sort. So our story is untrammeled vitriol, and we tend to demonize our oppressor, or we're full of self-pity, and we don't investigate our own part in our story. Our part may be that we spent years acting out. Maybe we were promiscu- promiscuous as a result, or we fell into addiction, or we spent our teenage years shoplifting or getting arrested. You know, we have to look at our, how our past affected us and how we overcame that, how we overcame the pain of our past. So we need to have compassion for ourselves, but we also have to have a certain amount of compassion towards the people who wronged us. Or at the very least, we need to show some contradiction in that person. So let's say your father abused you when you you were little, but there were also moments when he showed tenderness. For example, let's say when you were four, your father in a fit of rage hit you on the thigh with your fairy princess hand mirror and the glass shattered into a million pieces on your thigh. And your father then picked every piece of glass one by one by your uh, off your thigh. So there was, um, in the same moment of, of rage, there was also, on the flip side, um, a moment of concern and tenderness. Now, what about your mother? Was her silence complicit? Why was she silent? Was she scared too? Was she also abused? Now, we're not trying to let people off the hook. We just want to show some glimpse of humanity, even if it's just a brief moment. We need to show the crack in the armor. Number three, nobody owns the truth. We all own a piece of it. Now, two siblings can grow up in the same household with the same parents and have completely different memories of what happened, completely different experiences, completely different viewpoints, and completely different reactions. 
Now, Vivian Gornick, when asked when her mother's reaction to her, uh, with her scathing account of her in her memoir, said this. She said, well, let her write her own memoir. Now, I don't mean to be flip. It's just that there isn't just one truth. Your truth may be vastly different and worlds apart from your father's truth, from your brother's truth, from your ex-husband's truth, and all those truths are valid. Your truth, your experience is valid. So at some point, you need to decide if telling your story is worth it or not. If you're driven to write it, that's a pretty good indication that your story needs to be told. It needs to be told not only for you, but for the readers who need to heal from their own wounds or heartbreak or grief or confusion. Your mother, your brother, your ex-lover, they may get upset with you. They may feel offended, exposed, angry, or embarrassed, or even ashamed. And and this is going to make you feel deeply uncomfortable and tentative and maybe even guilty. But these are the costs you have to consider when you write. But here's the thing. You can't write and please everyone at the same time. I mean, you can't write something good anyway. So if your story is worth it to you, write it. Write fearlessly, truthfully. Write with compassion for yourself and for your oppressors, especially your oppressors. Write it as though it will never be read or published. Write it for yourself. So remember, number one, we don't really have a choice in what we write about. Our subjects choose us. Number two, write with compassion for yourself and for the other people in your story. Number three, nobody owns the truth. We all own a piece of that truth. So here's what I want you to do next. I want you to think of a family secret that you've been afraid to write for the longest time. It may be something you've never told anyone. It might be something you're ashamed of. It's probably something your family never talks about. They just sweep it under the rug. Now, I want you to free write around this secret. Write it for yourself first. What are you trying to understand about the experience that you had? What part did your mother or your father or your sister or brother play in this story? What was your part in it? How are you implicated? How did you react? How did you grow? Now, free write. Don't go for perfection or polish. Let go of any thoughts of publication or any thoughts of anyone else ever reading it. Write it for yourself first. Thanks so much for listening today. If you liked this episode, please share it with other writers. And if you haven't already, sign up for my free six-day audio course, Liberate Your Voice, where together we're going to bust common misconceptions and mindsets about the writing process and even about your own potential to write your best stories. To access your course, visit nancypinuccio.com slash free resources. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Till then, keep writing, and I'll talk to you soon.